This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're talking about the Lost Boys. How's this maggots, Jeff? This is rice. <laughs> this movie came out in 1987, <laughs> directed by Joel Schumacher, written by Jan Fisher, James Jeremias, and others. Um, starring Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, Diane West, uh, Jamie Gertz, Kiefer Sutherland, Ed Herman, and others. Who did I miss? Oh, and uh, Ted S. Preston Esquire? No, Bill S. <laughs> Preston Esquire. Alex Winter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. As Alexander Winter. Hmm. Ooh, upscale. Um, so, yeah, whose movie was this? It's mine. Alex, all right. Tell us, talk, tell us about it. Uh, Lost Boys, uh, one of the movies that I saw, uh, I can't remember if I saw this in the theater or not. I think I did. Uh, maybe not. 87. Well, in any case, I saw the movie. I thought it was pretty cool when I was a kid. <laughs> Watching it, it just, uh, you know, tonight, uh, not, not so cool. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it did not, uh, it, I don't want to say it didn't age well, because it's just, not that great of a movie. Yeah, so what's the deal? I know a lot of people think highly of this movie. And I guess as a child, if you grew up with it, which we yeah. did, but it was never it never made it into my staple. Like, it's not Goonies, right? And it's not mm-hmm. Stand By Me. I don't know what this is. There's a kid it's, in this movie. A little kid in this movie is named Laddie. <laughs> oh, Laddie. <laughs> And I'm looking at the poster right now, and uh, Corey Feldman does not make the poster. Ooh, sick burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a supporting character. He's, he's comic relief. <laughs> comic in quotes. But there's a Corey movie, and even the other Corey is way in the back. So this this is, uh, I, after I went through the trivia, I learned that this was the first Corey movie. For which one? For both of them? The first yeah. time they were both in a movie together. Oh, well, yeah. There it is. I don't know if I've seen any other ones. Yeah, I knew that one. Well, Goonies. No, Corey no. Haynes isn't in Goonies. Oh. <laughs> you said, I don't know if he's in any other ones. It's like, well, okay, which fucking Corey? No, I've seen in the other, both Corey movies. License to Drive? I don't even know if Feldman's in that one. Eh, no, sorry. he's not. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, what's your history with this movie? Uh, I, I'm kind of kind of like, as Alex said, I, I don't remember if I saw this in the theater or just on cable. Um, oh, cable. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember whether <laughs> Scott was a cake eater. I, I enjoyed <laughs> this uh, as a kid or not. But yeah, like like you're saying, I'm I'm kind of baffled at how this might have a cult following like it's not like the bad parts of it really aren't that entertaining either like this isn't really like a a good bad movie I would say 
Um, there, there's there's plenty of things that were uh, making me uh, laugh that that weren't intentional, but. Yeah, and then, the, the, and then there are even good bad moments in this, Scott. I'll tell you that. There's at least yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, there there are. But um, <laughs> we, we might have similar lists here. But uh, it it's uh, yeah. I just it, it, I don't remember the last time I watched it from beginning to end, and I don't feel like I was missing out by <laughs> waiting until until yeah. 2020 to, to pop it in again. Yeah. Um, all right. I did not see this in the movie theater, but I'm pretty sure I saw it sometime not too far after that on rental at someone's house or whatever. And I remember not thinking it was OK. There were some scenes that I still like the flying vampire part. I thought that was kind of cool, whatever that little effect was. And then their little layer. But most of this movie is un, uh, unmem- unmemorable, not unforgettable. <laughs> forgettable for very forgettable um yeah and then also the well the the the, the plot twist at the end when it's it's him and I, I remember that for some reason because they try to give him the garlic and it didn't work and blah blah blah, blah. spoiler alert anyway it's time to get to our lists one through oh jesus christ i am way ahead of the game we just gotta talk about seven items from the, <laughs> the train <laughs> movie uh, Alex, why don't you lead us off? What's your number seven? <laughs> My number seven is that the both Corys are fucking terrible. They are not good in this movie. Uh, Feldman is doing like an awful just Rambo impression throughout the whole thing to seem <laughs> like tough or funny. Funny tough. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, his, the other frog bro- brother is kind of forgettable. Whatever. He doesn't have, his picture. He doesn't have a picture on IMDb. Yeah. Oh. And Corey Haim is just, oh my gosh, his deliverance on lines is just awful. And his wardrobe is, like, by far the worst of anybody on set. Jeebus H, the 90s. The early, late 80s, early 90s. No, 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 this is is 80s. Uh, Look at his shirt. That's early 90s. He's ahead Mm. of his time. You can blend the 90s on him. (laughs) That's true. Those freaking neon colors and pictures of surfers or skiers or I don't know. Like, what of it should look like the AHA video? <laughs> That's the 80s. Yeah. Oh. That, but that fashion was in the 90s also. OK. All right, Scott, what's your number seven? My number seven is <laughs> so there's a couple things on my list that normally would be honorable mentions, but they just stuck with stuck with me so much that, that I had to put them on my list. And number seven, they say the name Michael a lot in this movie. <laughs> they sure do. I I stopped counting. I'm, I'm willing to bet that at least 10% of the dialogue in this movie is just somebody saying the word Michael. Uh, not not much more to, to really expand upon here other than just being <laughs> fucking horrible writing uh, and dialogue. <laughs> It's like the last 45 minutes of Titanic. Jack Rose. Yeah. Jack yeah. Rose. Yeah. So that, that's my number seven. Uh, pretty simple. They they could have they could have cut out, I don't know, 50 times that they say his name and it would have been fine. But uh, yeah, not not great writing. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Uh, my number seven, Alex talked about it. Oh, I'm only going to pick on one Corey here. Corey Feldman. His Ram, I had the same thing. His Rambo voice, same thing I called it with his bandana or headband. Oh, it's so awful. What the hell? Like, why did, did Schumacher tell me to do that? Or did he just say, I'm doing this thing and let me do it? Uh, it Probably was bad. Both. It was bad. Mm-hmm. He didn't know it. I still don't even get it. Like, the, do they ever explain, like, why they give him the comic book? Like, I mean, I know because they know there's somehow they think there's vampires and they give him the comic, the superhero comic, uh, whatever. And just because ha- he knows that Haim knows a lot about comic books, so it's like, all right, maybe we can trust this guy. I did love, I did love how he just threw out his, he flexed with his comic book knowledge when he went to the comic book store because it's ahead of its time. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how much he was saying was actually legitimate. Yeah, but uh, the the issues and discovering re- kryptonite and introducing certain characters. Yeah. Yeah, was that Batman 14 or 15? I was going to look that up. Yeah. Um, anyway, the Feldman voice slash Rambo, he was, it was awful. I did not care for it. Um, Scott, number six. Uh, something that I did like was how eventually all the taxidermy pays off. Uh, so for the most part, it's just really weird. Uh, the the grandpa never really comes off as as like being part of the the horror. If, if this this is barely a horror movie, but um, mm-hmm. but he has all the, the weird taxidermy, and I, and I guess just helped to to set the mood and the setting. Uh, but I did like that it eventually pays off that uh, all all the antlers at least take care of Kiefer Sullivan. Um, and it's also the kind of the plot device that gets the grandpa to leave and come back with his the giant stakes on his car for some reason. Uh, so I actually appreciated the work that went into to setting all that up. Um, and he keeps putting like the weird stuffed lamp animals <laughs> or whatever in the room next to, to Corey Haim. Uh, I thought that that was kind of funny. That's uh yeah, mm-hmm. just as a set piece that, that actually becomes part of the plot. Nice. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I had to look up Batman 15, and um, I, I don't think it's true what they talked about, but it is him on the front. Batman's holding a Gatling gun, shooting downhill while Robin is uh, feeding the bullets into the chamber. And, it's, and there's the caption, keep those bullets flying, keep on buying war bonds and stamps. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally Batman's operating Gatling gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman used to carry a gun back yeah. in the early, well, early days. I mean, there's villains and then there's Nazis. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. War bonds. bullets flying. Oh, God. Um, all right, uh, Alex, number six. My number six. And <laughs> I would be remiss if I wouldn't mention the greased up sexy sex man. That's all your number six. <laughs> that's that's uh, further down my list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't delve too much into it, but what? <laughs> what? When I was a kid, I didn't even pay any attention to that. I didn't notice him at all. And then growing up, I saw the memes. I was like, what? He was in this movie? And sure enough. I mean, isn't even the same guy. But the I th- my first thought was Alex is going to love this. <laughs> well, he's not the same I guy did. as what? Yeah, I'm curious too. Well, you you said that 
all the memes based on him, Alex. Yeah. But who is he? Well, because one of them mentioned that he was from the Lost Boys. And then I'm like, oh, OK, well, I didn't know. I don't even remember him from the Lost Boys. I, I have no idea what you're talking about, Alex. <laughs> I'm so lost. But there's been a couple memes with that guy, right? No? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, then we're, we're lost, boys. Yeah, no, seriously, we are. <laughs> Life imitating art. All right. Any mm-hmm. more to add on the lost sax player? <laughs> nope. I'll let you guys uh, talk more about this guy. All right. Um, I don't know. My number six is this. Oh no, a scary dirt bike gang again. What the hell? <laughs> In the eighties and dirt Staple. bike gangs. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they can't have motorcycles because kids can't have motorcycles, but they can have dirt bikes. Yeah, I just want I want to see a crossover of Johnny from Karate Kid fight um, Kiefer Sutherland in this movie. I mean, I know Kiefer Sutherland's a vampire, but Johnny's pretty badass at karate. No can't defend. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I just find it hilarious. Dirt bike gangs. And it's not like they're in the... The Sticksville or whatever, and both with both these movies, they're in Reseda right. or, or the Valley, and then in this Santa one, Santa, Santa Clara, Cruz, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> so Santa anyway, that's Carla. my number six, Scott. Uh, okay, so on to my number five. Yeah. Okay, uh, number five is the the Michael and Star relationship. Gee. Jason's pa- Jason Patrick's character in this movie is such a fucking zero. Like <laughs> he doesn't, he has no personality at all. Mm-hmm. And then he he finds this chick and he just starts stalking her, and that's like his whole character. Yeah, um, I, I guess he cares about his brother enough to, to ask for his help. But other than that, it's just him kind of being like, "No, we can't do this, and I'll take care of it," and blah blah blah. But. How how him and uh, Jamie Gertz's character are supposed to fall in love? I I totally missed how that was even a thing. Um, I get that they explained how she was kind of setting him up to kill him, but then they bone in in one of the all time like just weird awkward sex scenes uh, <laughs> that reeks of, of Joel Schumacher. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, yeah, they're they're like star no no pun intended star crossed lovers. Um, I, <laughs> Ew. I I didn't get it at, at all. Like they had like no chemistry. Uh, they like there's no reason like why that attraction should have been there. Um, and and finally, and this ties into one of my honorable mentions. Um, the hair in this movie was definitely kicking my ass. Uh, <laughs> But no more so than the fact that Michael had nicer hair than Jamie Gertz. Uh, that's true. So she couldn't. She part. couldn't spare a square. She doesn't have a square. <laughs> to spare. That's who she is. <laughs> it was killing me. I was like, I know her from somewhere. Is she on. Oh, she's in a bunch of other stuff too. But. I know, but <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> <That was laughs> what What are you guys referencing? Seinfeld. Okay, yeah, I figured. Um... <laughs> Yeah, just again, number five is this relationship that was kind of the crux of the of the the plot here. Uh, at least, at least the romantic end of things just just bad. 
Uh, I agree. Also, Scott, you just added a new shirt to the Han Shot First uh, T-shirt collection, which be would be reeks of Schumacher. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, we gotta make that shirt have like the Hollywood sign in the background, and then reeks of Schumacher. I like it. All right, we can put Alex. nipples on. We can put nipples on the on the shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alex number five. Uh, my number five, and I still found this a little bit charming, but gearing up for the fight. Uh, I'm a little bit of a sucker when it comes to like the the prep montage that movies have for getting ready for a big fight and everything. And uh, as a kid, I thought it was hilarious when they burst into in, in the uh, into the baptism to just fill up all their canteens. Yeah, that yeah. that that was that was amusing. I, I will admit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much holy water those canteens <laughs> help, but I know it wasn't a bathtub full of. But, I assume they mix it with regular water. <laughs> I guess it makes it. Doesn't it dilute the holiness? I guess I'm, not. I mean, I guess it worked. Yeah. Yeah, smashing the the garlics, getting the arrows, uh, bone arrows, all the other weapons, makeshift weapons that they could get. I still thought it was pretty neat. Um, I'm gonna be completely honest. I might have uh, tuned out a little bit during the uh, gearing up montage. I do not remember. Like, I was surprised when he picks up the bow and arrow because I didn't fucking remember that at all. <laughs> like, when, I didn't remember like, that either. But like, like where he got that, like all of a sudden it was just in his hands. Like, was did they actually show them getting a bow and arrow? Uh, I, don't, yeah, I sure. don't remember it either. <laughs> like, all of a sudden he just had it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it was just part of their equipment. Grandpa's I crazy closet. Maybe. But what I'm saying is, is like. I do not remember that being featured in the montage of them gearing up. Mm. I did think it was genius filling up the uh, squirt guns with holy water. Yeah. Uh, too bad super soakers weren't invented back then. Well, no, that's that's from Dustville Dawn, isn't it? Because I know the super soakers and holy water is a thing in the movie, and I thought it was from Dust Till Dawn. And I was like, oh, man, Dustville Dawn stole this with the water guns. But maybe I'm not remembering that correctly. I know they did the water balloons full of holy water. Right. And they were able to make holy water because of the character. Yeah. Uh, whatchamacallit? Harvey Keitel. The wolf. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, I thought that was cool, too. And actually, well, so my, moving on to my number five, it is the whole holy water gag of them going into the church and just filling up their <laughs> their canteens, which they never would have been <laughs> to fill up there. And, and like you said, turn it into a whole bathtub stuff. So. Pretty cool death scene, though, from it. Mm. Everything with the holy water was pretty good. I guess I like the fact mm-hmm. that some vampire tropes, <laughs> curses, worked and some didn't. Like, the garlic didn't seem ever have any effect whatsoever. But the holy water and stakes, the wooden stakes through the heart did. So I like that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Number five, Scott, number four. Okay. <laughs> number it's four. Isn't that your number five, Scott? Somehow oh. we got mixed up here. Yeah. Why? Uh, Wait, hold on, because that was my number, that was my fifth one. Yeah, my number five. I, I did my number five. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then it's my number four. Scott goes first, no? Oh, no, you go first, Alex, right? Okay, <laughs> sorry. All right. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Uh, my, number, my number four is I really like the uh, first-person point of view. Whenever to do that with the camera, it was very effective 
every time they did that, you knew that it was through the viewpoint of either Kiefer Sutherland or the whole group of vampires flying around. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. A lot of probably a lot of crane, a lot of swinging. Maybe they had cameras on on uh, rope rigs, perhaps for some of the shots. A lot of helicopter shots. Drones. <laughs> Not back then. Aww. Uh But yeah, I thought those were pretty effective. Yeah, I do agree. The first person is pretty cool. It was kind of like they didn't have the budget to actually show them flying very often. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just do this. Same yeah. effect. There's a lot of uh, reverse... Uh, God, I'm blanking here. Is it... Just called reversing the running the film in reverse, yeah. Reverse footage, they pretty much there's yeah. a lot of reverse footage in this movie, by the way. Yeah, and it was super obvious, even though I'm sure back in 1987. <laughs> As opposed to the style mm-hmm. of the time, all right. Now, yeah. Scott, what's your number yeah. five? Okay, uh, my number four, your, your number uh, four, Jesus. <laughs> uh, my number four is, and, and my, my, my notes said the greased up sax dude. like joel schumacher must have had such a boner for this guy because he gets almost as much screen time as Kiefer Sutherland in this movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and this this will kind of lead into my number three um but i was fucking cracking up at all these kids like these punk kids that are like headbanging to this guy with his fucking sacks <laughs> oiled up, like it's like so out of touch with anything. Uh, I don't even remember yeah. what, the, what the song he was singing was. It um, was like a pop song, which is, I thought was weird because everybody's like rocking out, headbanging. It's like this is no exactly <laughs> this is a pop song. Like the the most metal song in this entire movie is Aerosmith. Like <laughs> there's and that wasn't it wasn't even fully Aerosmith. That was the Run DMC version. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, well, it was. But th- that's that's about as like <laughs> hardcore as the music got in this. I mean, th- th- there was a nod to the Doors, but I mean, again, not not exactly punk. Yeah, um, people are strange. People are strange. Uh, this is the end. Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll save the rest of it for Jeff, but. It was just so ridiculous. And it, this is just one of those things that it was just clear that the director wanted this shit in. <laughs> I'm sure there were people on set rolling their eyes at the whole thing, including mm-hmm. all the actors. This is what kids love. Greased up sax people. <laughs> yeah. All greased up, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Damn right. All right. Now we're on to my number four. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my four is the, the hanging from the train scene, hanging from the rails. That was a cool scene. Um, they all jumped. I forgot what happened. I thought they would all be flying down there, which I guess at the end they, they were. But I forgot them hanging there and just I can see punk ass kid. Even non vampires is doing that shit. They had nothing else to do. Yeah. So eh, that was a cool scene. Then just jumping down and disappearing. Whoop, whoop. And then you hear the voices coming from underneath. That was pretty cool. See. What, what were the voices saying? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> no, they're saying Michael. Oh, well, that's right. 
Michael, 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 Michael. I like that whole scene Michael. when they get him back to the lair and they just wheel him around for like five minutes saying his name. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number three. My number three is Michael uh, getting initiated into the gang. Uh, not just that scene you were talking about, Jeff, but uh, everything that goes around with it. The uh, fooling around with them in the cave and then making them or tricking them into drinking uh, Max's blood. And then trying to get him at the very end, trying to get him to go for his first kill with uh, <laughs> the other hood- hoodlums around the fire. Uh, it was interesting. It was pretty effective the way that they set up that uh, Max, Kiefer Sutherland's character, was uh, putting the glamour, the vampire glamour on him. David. Oh, it was David, not Max? Max Max? Max is the head vampire. Oh, that's right. David. David, I'm not going to do it, David. Turn around. (laughs) David. (laughs) I did. I did like the shot. When you see him in vampire face for the first time. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it was a little more lukewarm than the rest of that scene. But again, I did like, I, I thought the makeup was okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott. Uh, my number three, uh, this, this is my, my number four segues well into this about the greased up sacks, dude. Uh, <laughs> this whole movie is is poochified, uh, you know, a la Poochie D. Um, <laughs> People have to go back to their home planet. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, so when I when I say that, I mean like a bunch of execs got involved and decided to make it hip uh, for the kids. That one. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> My planet needs me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we've talked about a lot of this, the, the way the kids dress, um, the, the idea of what punk kids would look like. Um, they, they look like they're all in a shitty hair metal band. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Kiefer Sutherland kind of looks the part. Um, and, and again, Michael's character is just a zero. Uh, yeah, that they, they, they spit out all the comic book stuff. They they have the guy again. I, I was cracking up um, at, the, at the scene you just mentioned, Alex, when when all of the the hooligans are like headbanging and drinking beer around that around that campfire, and it's just again it's fucking Aerosmith. Like you know, that just not that would not happen. That's just not a thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, again the kids rocking out to the sax stuff. Um, just. The, the com- again, the comic book stuff, the, the music, uh, the, there's just a lot of stuff in this movie that just had just out of touch with, with anything. Uh, like who, who, who is this for? <laughs> I want to know, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit of homoeroticism in this, which, which is, which is fine. But again, who's your target audience here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, honorable mention real quick since you uh, <laughs> since you uh, since you brought up homoeroticism there in the in uh, Michael and Sam's room there's 
you know, the regular, you know, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. some, posters and everything, yeah, but there's a sexy Rob Lowe. There's a Rob Lowe poster. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Are you I call that tri- out, too. Like, yeah, tri- that trivia-wise, it makes sense because um, Joel Schumacher and, and St. Elmo's Fire, but... Um, yeah, like, why, why the fuck did this kid have that in there? Like, other, other than uh, Jamie Gertz's character, like, there's no sign that, that any of these characters are interested in women. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like, and, and I, I, I really genuinely thought there was, like, a, a, some subtext there where the, the David had ulterior motives for, for wanting Michael to, to be in the gang. Uh, Possibly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. It, anyway, so yeah, the, just my number three is just this movie's way out of touch with anything. All right, uh, my number three is the greased up sax player. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember someone talking about this. I don't know if it's a meme, but people would make fun of it in the past. And I completely forgot about it until I saw him. I was like, oh my god. What the hell? Why were all? Why would kids be there? No, it's so wrong. No, no. What? what? No. Isn't there a sax a sax player in um, Thunderdome or something? Is it the same guy? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if fire shoots out of the horn. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, sax player is my number three. So Alex, number two. My number two is Kiefer Sutherland as David. The the faux head vampire. Uh, yeah, I thought it, for the most part, he looked the part more than anybody else in this movie. Uh, I like his mannerisms, the way he was he was kind of charming. He was using his uh, hypno, hypnotic powers on Michael to to turn him to be one of the gang. Um, yeah, just uh, it wasn't even, all, you know, the, his line delivery, everything is just his mannerisms and, and the way he carried himself. He just seemed very vampire like it was cool. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember. I know he's a bad guy in this, a bad guy in Stand By Me. He was pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. A little creepy look, look on him. I forgot, was he a good guy or a bad guy in um, the Bon Jovi Western? <laughs> Damn it, Young Guns. Did laugh. He was, well, he, he was like the kind of the, the Jimmy Cricket. The conscience, mm. yeah. <laughs> hmm. I don't remember that. Lie. Was he Billy the Kids? Always be his guide. All right, uh, Scott, number two. We don't, we don't have none of us have young guns on our list. I'll make you famous. I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> so I'll make you I've famous. seen one of them once. Uh, so number two, right? Yeah, uh, the vampire deaths actually enjoyed this that they they were all well other than david's really they're all very elaborate and and they actually kind of set it up with uh cory feldman's exposition about how they either mm-hmm. explode or implode but they try to take you out uh and yeah they all die in super weird ways again except for david for some reason uh well he's the one that goes quietly exactly yeah but um yeah, I didn't I didn't understand how the one vampire like shot all of his stuff through the plumbing, but I I, I enjoyed it nonetheless. 
Uh, I liked how the other guy um, electrocuted and then his head exploded. Um, Alex Winter's character, just the cartoonish amount of blood that, that didn't really even look like blood. Uh, so, yeah, it was so, very viscous, so like bad, oil. Bad job on that. Uh, well, and, it was PG-13. Yeah. And then uh, the, the head vampire gets, gets thrown into the... Uh, fireplace and uh, in, a, in a giant gout of flame. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, all very it. elaborate at that point. Like that's pretty much the the real special effects budget <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my number two. I enjoyed the vampire deaths. All right, yeah, they're pretty cool. But my number two, speaking of vampires, coincidentally. Um, is the cool hideout. <laughs> I, I always thought that was, that's one of the things I remembered about this. I remember them having something about it I think is really cool. And I, he describes it how it was something that fell in the, got eaten up by after an earthquake or something, but um, it's cool. I like the cool hideout. It's not as cool as the honeycomb hideout, but I definitely enjoyed it. What's a, what's the honeycomb hideout? You don't remember the honeycomb hideout? No. It's from the cereal. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. He had a hideout. <laughs> there were commercials. They talk about the honeycomb hideout. Yeah. I don't remember this either. Oh, God. I'll have to look this up. Hopefully, I'm not making shit up. <laughs> Old man, uh, Anyway, uh, Alex, number one. Oh, my number one is also the vamp kills. Uh, they were pretty awesome. Yeah, that's where all the money, certainly where all the money went. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I did not see the the whole kitchen, and then later the whole bathroom, kitchen, ever the whole house exploded with that one dude's blood. That was pretty awesome. It was. By the way, honeycomb yeah, hideout is. is definitely a real thing, auto completed, and you can get a honeycomb hideout Airbnb. So, I mean, we 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 weren't doubting you, Jeff. We just didn't remember. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw it. However, mm. on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I like where this is going. All right, well, okay. If you guys have the guess, what do you think it'd be? It's honeycomb, nothing graphic. Honeycomb hideout. It's 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 nothing graphic. Does it, so it has nothing to do with sex? No. Okay. Uh, and it's where you well, would stash I mean, your drugs. Okay. It, it, it's very general, so it could be sex. I mean, it could be. Is is it where you where you like put yeah, up wait, a side piece? Possibly. Oh, like yeah. an apartment for a mistress or something. Yeah, no, for your, nothing. Si- for your side chick. All right, a place to go to go get high or have a good time without having to worry about the police. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, that was posted by Chick in Bone in two, July eighteenth, two thousand five. <laughs> so it seems legit. Ooh, two two years to to be refuted. So it must be good. But mm-hmm. uh, number two, a place to kick it with your friends getting high as a motherfucker away from the police and drama. So, and that was by Juice. Oh, there it Man. is. Yeah. That's like Big Bear. Yeah. Big Bar. Number three, a house where you take your girls to throw parties with no limits. So, all right. Done talking about the honeycomb hideout. That's not what the commercial said. I, I was going to get, get cereal. I don't know what the hell all this other shit is. I, I want a honeycomb hideout. <laughs> all right so we are on yeah number ones i know who's who's done them scott i did mine 
Okay. Scott, number one. Uh, my number one is uh, literally the ending, the the very last line. <laughs> I and, knew it. <laughs> uh, so fucking great. Um, it, it's very clever. Uh, it it almost, if, if you view this whole movie as an hour and a half joke with a punchline at the end of it, it almost redeems it. The movie, <laughs> uh, but the the grandpa walking in, being all curmudgeonly, uh, the house is in shambles. People are drenched in blood, or what looks, what might be mistaken for blood, in very poor light. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Vampire juice. Uh, like he just drove through his front, his like the 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 window in his uh, living room, and and saw this weird stuff. He just walks to his uh, ice box. Pulls out his, his Dr. Pepper, takes a swig, and then says, <laughs> one part of Santa Carla I could never stomach, all the damn vampires. And <laughs> credit to the, the, my only real credit to the actors here. Um, I, I had no, no problem with Diane Weiss. She's fine. Um, and, and also, uh, going back to my hair comment, she's had that same haircut for like the last 30 years. So God bless her. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, just the look on her face, um, and, and, and the two boys <laughs> when he says that, uh, is, is fucking classic. And then the movie just ends right there. Uh, I thought, I thought that was actually a, a, a little bit of brilliance, um, in, in amidst a lot of mediocrity at best. Agreed. Yeah. What else is that old man from? I couldn't pick, put him anywhere. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Should have looked that up. Um, mm-hmm. My number one <laughs> is the scene. Any scene where they're flying, but especially flying out the window, that is the most memorable part of the movie for me. Especially his brother uh, goes out the window. He's trying to get back in, and he calls his mom and all that stuff. But I don't. For something that that's always stuck with me is just I don't know, like not in like a like a bad way, but it'd be cool. We're just flying outside your friend's house. Hey, and I think. The Simpsons did it in one of the Treehouse of Horrors with Bart and mm-hmm. trying to get Lisa. Maybe I don't even remember, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought it was just cool flying out the window. The effect is not great, but I don't know. I still that's I always when I watch these old movies I haven't seen in forever. Like the scenes that really stuck with me I tend to get higher on my list is because they must have meant something to me back then. So yeah, flying out the window <laughs> or flying not out the window but near the window. Going, Mm-hmm. Any audible mentions? Uh, one from the trivia. I I can't I can't believe this would actually be true. Um, but they said that filming only took three weeks for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what part? A part of me says, yeah, that, that actually makes sense. <laughs> uh, but three weeks. <laughs> uh, like, where did the time go? Um, yeah, seriously. Yeah. So that's pretty much my my only honorable mention. That I don't think I've mentioned. Oh, uh, I like the um, when he was still half visible in the mirror. Yeah, that's cool. Little that was pretty cool. I completely forgot about that. It's like, oh shit! It's like, well, he's he's a vampire almost. Yeah. Um. Oh, I guess, I guess I did like honorable mention. I did like this take of vampires. How. It's just at least the head vampire is just super mundane. Like he runs a, a video store at night. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not not some like arch 
like count from Transylvania or anything like that. Just some mm-hmm. dude that, that lives out by the boardwalk. Yeah, that's a lot of true blood was like that way. Uh, I don't think you guys ever watched that show, but that was a lot. Yeah, it's a- oh, did you? Okay, yeah. Like, I know, like, mm-hmm. one time the main character, like, Sookie calls him out on it. It's like, you're supposed to be living in a gothic manor, a gothic manor, not have a name like, I forgot what his name is, Bill. <laughs> He's supposed to be Dante or something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. By the way, Grandpa was played by Barner, Bernard Hughes. Yeah, he wasn't really. He was in Tron. Oh, (laughs) the old guy. Uh, Apparently, I remember that. And he was Sister Act 2 in Doc Hollywood. So, okay. I've actually, you know what? Now now I actually remember him from Doc Hollywood. Really? Yeah. I've never seen Doc Hollywood. (laughs) I saw once a long time ago. Put it on my list. Oh, boy. Fox list. If you're going to put that, you might as well put Secret of My Success on there, too. I don't really feel like watching Secret of My Success again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it's time for our crossover topic, which is what, Alex? It's time to rate this movie. Or we can rate the movie first. Damn it. (laughs) It's time to rate this movie. On a scale of one to seven, one being absolute garbage, seven being perfection. Alex. Uh, I'm going to give this a four. I mean, I don't hate this movie, but it, it's it's just kind of bland. Uh, the vampire deaths were cool. The 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 punchline at the end was good, but not enough to redeem it. Uh, yeah, it's just a movie. OK, uh, Scott. Uh, three. Um, not not my typical three where like I wasn't feeling it or I was irritated. This is just subpar on almost every level. Uh, mm-hmm. had some did have some fun stuff, um, but yeah, not not great. All right, I also give us a three. Uh, this is borderline with a four, but I definitely disliked it more than anything I liked in it. So um, don't hate it, but I definitely don't like it, and I don't need to see it again. All right, well now it's on to our crossover, which is what Alex. Uh, our top five vampire uh, afflictions. There you go. That's the one. Afflictions, symptoms, as I have it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, yeah, my number five is. I never understood. I mean, did they ever explain like their allergy to garlic? Yeah, I don't know that in the lore of why they're. Yeah, I don't know where that came about. I mean, I get. I mean, garlic wards off all a lot of stuff. I guess it's really healthy for you too. But um, I don't know why specifically that I got that I got attributed to vampires. So, so my number five because I don't I don't get it. Garlic's delicious. All right, Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five is hissing at things like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like I was. Like sometimes it's played for laughs, but usually not where the vampire just hisses like either mm-hmm. to intimidate or because it because the vampire feels threatened in the wild. Like, I, I don't know, but just the, the fangs come out and there's always a hiss like like it it's it's silly at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like we get it. You're a vampire. Well, that's my number five. 
All right. Uh, and for my list, one thing I like about vampires is depending on what movie or book or whatever story you're watching, they have different powers and some some are constant. You know, like the sunlight thing seems to be pretty constant in every single, but others aren't. But the one I do like, and I already mentioned it in the in my last thing, was the flying, flying part, which is not in too many vampire things that I know of, other than they turn into bats or whatever. I can, is a dragon even turn into a bat? I don't even remember. But, um, the flight. I think that's a cool, cool little uh, thing that comes from this movie, and that's my number five. Does Dracula turn into a bat? Is that a thing? Uh, uh, I know he turned into a wolf, right? He turned into a wolf. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know about a bat. All right. Um, I'm thinking of Bruce Wayne. Anyway, Alex. <laughs> What's your More four? blood on the fags. <laughs> uh, my number four is the no reflection thing. Uh, when movies like uh, play it pretty cleverly, er- everything when they d- when they uh, do a vampire movie and it's like, oh, the actor quickly passes through like in front of a mirror or something. But then it- it's up to the audience to notice like, oh, shit, wait, did he have a reflection or not? I don't know. You know, when, when it's played right, it- it's very effective and it's pretty cool. If it's in your face, kind of like it was in Lost Boys, it's like, nah, OK, yeah. Vampires don't have a reflection. Yep. All so, right. so it is interesting. Like, like Jeff was saying, how it changes. Um, mm-hmm. I thought one of the cool things about Interview with a Vampire was so this, this isn't exactly the reflection thing, but um, how he's able to see the sunrise on film. Um, so, like, yeah, part of, part of the mythos of the vampire is they can't see the reflection. But if you're going to have a modern vampire movie, like, how do you handle, uh, you know, film? Basically? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cameras like they just turn blurry. Like, how does it work? Huh. Uh, they get sparkly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they can. Yeah, they can still be photographed. Yeah, it's just something with the mirrors. Maybe it's because back in the day, mirrors were just polished silver maybe for the higher end mirrors and maybe that's why they didn't have a reflection in there Mm. i like your theory alex i'd like to subscribe to your newsletter yeah that's a theory and then every body of water they looked in happened to be holy so same thing (laughs) they couldn't get a reflection there (laughs) so so the actual like dracula mythos is like you can't cross moving water the streams yeah Yeah, you can't so you literally can't cross streams (laughs) yes Uh, yeah, that's why it's pretty difficult for him to go, you know, in a boat ride. He has to have, be in a box full of dirt from his homeland. Yep. Like that he was buried with initially or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Scott, number four. Number four, and this goes, this ties in with Alex's garlic thing. They never really explain is the not being, not being invited in. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a really mundane rule. Where they they can't enter a house unless they're invited in. Uh, it's a it's always an interesting thing, like a, a uh, I don't know lampshade or, or hand waves to like how vampires don't just invade everything. Uh, but it it is frustrating that inevitably they get around that shit though. <laughs> so there's always some jerk that lets them inside. Mm-hmm. So. 
Again, yeah, that's uh, some movies treat it like they can't absolutely cannot enter your home. And I did like, uh, I guess I should have made this an honorable mention, but in, in The Lost Boys, how it just like makes them immune to a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, it, like was, it, was, can, it was, it was, it was, I like, so yeah, I, like, like Jeff had said, I remember that like I was the head vampire, but I, I did like that. It, I thought that was one of the more subtle things they did was how mm-hmm. the, the guy like makes it a point to get invited inside. Yep. All right. Uh, my number four is the use of Christianity as a weapon against the vampires, whether it's the cross or the holy water. Um, I don't know. That's just cool. Yep. I mean, that, again, that's tied directly into the the Dracula mythos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one seems to work. I'm trying to think of one word that doesn't really work. True blood. I think it doesn't work. If I'm remembering correctly. And that one, one of the very first times for Vampire Bill is like introducing himself to the public and he looks at a cross or something like that. He hold, They hold it in front of him and it doesn't do anything. But they only ever mm-hmm. mentioned holy water. Anyway, uh, Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is uh, some vampires have a living shadow, which I think is pretty neat, which I think this is why Peter Pan is actually a vampire. <gasps> Think about it. Doesn't age. Shadow, he can fly. Yeah, it doesn't age. Thirst for blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was in the... That ended up on the cutting room floor <laughs> in the Disney movie. <laughs> but yeah, I like it when they do that. Especially the Mr. Burns. <laughs> when Mr. Burns is uh, Count Dracula in one of the Treehouse of Horrors, his shadow is awesome. Yeah. All right, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is levitation, so basically flying. Um, sometimes used to, to better effect than others, but yeah, it does seem like one of the, one of the few like perks with no real downsides. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna be a vampire, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, my number three, which uh, is not. It's the thirst for blood is my number three. I just think that's a cool little thing that they all have to deal with. And I, I just, you know, there's other things on here, too, like the good and bad with being a vampire. It's just, it makes a good story, I guess, is why, is why I guess why vampires have been around for so long in, in our stories. Um, but, yeah, thirst for blood. And I like that in, uh, once again, I'm going to keep bringing up true blood. That's the most recent vampire stuff I've seen. Uh there are vampires, but the only reason they're coming out from under hiding is because someone has decided or figured out how to make synthetic blood that uh, satisfies their sustenance and they're able to survive just on using the fake blood. And I thought we said that was cool. So. All right. That's my number three. Alex. My number two is their uh, affliction to sunlight. <gasps> Mine too. That's all. Yeah, that's always a constant. Uh, I like uh, different takes from different movies. Some of them just melt. Some of them completely explode. Like when exposed to sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of them just turn to ash at the end. Um, I, I like how in Blade, uh, Stephen Dorff yeah. just slathers on enough sunscreen that he's okay for a couple <laughs> hours. Yeah, <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's it makes sense. Enough. 
Yeah, it's just it's SPF it's, one million. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not coming with the direct contact. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some movies though that even if they're covered head to toe, they'll still start steaming a little bit. Like it'll the clothing will protect them, but they still have to get out of the sun eventually, like pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, one, one thing I thought was was kind of wacky was in uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV series. How vampire Spike and Drusilla were traveling across country during the day, and they were like an old like Ford. Were they like yeah? What were they in? Like a Ford Galaxy, some old Pontiac. At, at any rate, they, they're in this old like boat, <laughs> but they they literally blacked out all the windows. There was just like the tiniest of like pinholes for him to see while they were driving, and I always wondered like how they weren't constantly getting pulled over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's how they got around traveling during the day, though. They were in this car that basically blocked like 99% of the, the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, Scott, number two. My number two is dressing like you're in a Swedish death metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> I again, you know, the levitation, nothing but upside. Same here. That's uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a there's it's like a rule like you have to dress like fucking ridiculously and and I get that there's this whole uh, like pe- people um, I've used the term boner a lot this, this episode but you have a boner for dressing like they're like lived in New Orleans in the 1800s um, or that again, they're in a Swedish death metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, this this the movie we just watched is no exception to this. Um, yeah, just just funny to me. Like you can't, like that's the rule. Like you're not allowed to just like walk around dressed like your normal person. <laughs> you just can't. Like it's it's the same thing as like some night or coffin. Like you're not allowed to dress normally. Uh, it <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But there you are. There, there's a really funny um, Kim Peele skit. Oh yeah, I was going to bring about that about up. This, <laughs> or, or that that touches upon that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's my number two. All right, uh, my number two is Sunlight. Um, as Alex already mentioned, uh, I don't like it when they do get a little too casual with the rules. Like, like you're saying, like they're they they put some clothes on and it helps a little bit, or with the sunscreen. I don't like that. I want my vampires to be more like you gotta stay out of the sun, and if you you don't have to explode right away, but it's gonna hurt you, and you can't be out there for more than a couple seconds, and you're gonna get fried. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. There's God, it's preacher, and I don't. I watched a little bit of the TV show, and I actually haven't even finished the comics. But what I remember the vampire in that. Yeah, he'll just like pull a shirt over his head and just run to the car like someone who doesn't want to get rain on them when they're running like whatever like, <laughs> that would work uh, sometime i think if i'm remembering that correctly and it's just like ow, ow 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 it's like yeah, running like running on basically. hot sand or something with your bare feet <laughs> yeah uh so but anyway this, yeah the whole sunlight thing is pretty cool creatures of the night it's my number two alex oh, sorry yeah alex number one my number one is I like it when they show really ancient or old vampires and they start having more bat like features like they they turn bald. They have like the they start getting the pointy ears or their noses start getting a little hog nosed and everything. So, yeah, you're going to live forever, but you're you're still growing. You're still like metamorphosing. Uh, 
into uh, something else. In, into Willem Dafoe. That's right, into Willem Dafoe. <laughs> so yeah, I guess yeah, because it's hard to live to be a vampire of extreme old age because people see you. It's like, hey, that guy's a vampire. So how could you tell? You look like a fucking bet. I agree. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, my number one is Eternal Youth. Um, Jeff, you kind of you kind of mentioned this with one of your previous points, but uh, just a, a thing that makes vampires, to me, anyways, the most interesting out of everything that we've mentioned is that they've been around and they've seen a ton of things, um, and it's both a blessing and a curse. Uh, you know, there comes a point where if you've lived long enough, like you, you basically start to disassociate with, with other people. Um, assuming that vampires ever even think of normal people as other people, um, Mm -hmm. where you can no longer relate to, to, to the people and the times around you. And I, that's always been an interesting concept to me is like, what, like what goes on in the, the mind of something like somebody like that, assuming that they, they're not just, completely full of, of ennui and, and just giving up on everything. Uh, again, Willem Dafoe. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it, it is interesting. And, and it's basically my favorite part of Interview with the Vampire uh, as, as mark of a, of, of a well-known vampire movie is that it, it, it go, he, uh, Louis goes through like several time periods um, in, into the modern era <laughs> Um, and I always thought that's interesting to get their takes on on going through the ages like that, and what you know how they view things. So, yep, eternal mm-hmm. youth. And I guess I guess on some level, it's nice to like never grow older, depending on when that is. Like you, you mentioned, True Blood, like that that can be a horrible thing. And then even again, interview with a vampire. If you're a kid, that'd be awful. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and in True Blood, you stay the age you are when you get turned. So if you get turned as an 80-year-old man, you're an eternal 80-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your hymen gets stuck uh, forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that regrows. was a thing. That was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Keeps back. Red, what was her name? The girl from... Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. Deborah something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just, no, her name was Jessica in the show. Jessica. Vampire Bill to say everyone's sookie. <laughs> Jessica. As you, as you make it. I Vampire Eric. Um, no, my number one's exact same as Scott's. The the immortality, the living forever, um, and just how that was. <laughs> With an asterisk. Yeah. Until you get murdered. Like elves, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just the, the, the it, it's a curse and a blessing, I'm sure. Like, otherwise, if... You live. For, I mean, a lot of the symptoms aren't that bad. Okay, if I have to eat people every once in a while, but I can live forever. I could fly. I'm super strong. Okay, I'm only out at night. That's not that bad. Flight, all that. But then, yeah, you live forever. You can't, you know, all the it, stuff that Scott said. Yeah, interesting. Now, the, the being able to, to only come out at night is like so far removed than than anybody could have possibly imagined. Like Bram Stoker could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there was a point in history where, well, it's night. See you when the sun comes up. Like that was like yeah. we can't do anything else. We can't afford fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my, my candle budget is 
going through the roof here. Yeah, yeah, yeah lamp yeah, oil. Yeah. Very expensive. Nothing to read, no entertainment. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> can shake it up. <laughs> I was going to say the same. <laughs> so, yeah. Live forever. Immortality. Um, that's it. I had one honorable mention, and I believe this only comes from True Blood, but maybe it comes from others, is that their the vampire blood itself is a... Uh, energy boosters for regular people so it gives people it gives vampires a reason to fear humans because they'll do whatever they can to get the blood from a vampire because it's it's a good high and all that stuff mm-hmm. so that was a cool super twist healing that true blood added yeah i don't yeah, even know if they added it but I, yeah. I like that that story mm-hmm. um, uh, scott mentioned before the key and peel vampire sketch was freaking hilarious uh, just real quick is like there's this whole host of traditional vampires that are all wearing leather and trying to, and they're hissing and they're trying to be sexy. <laughs> One guy that they just turned is like, dude, I just wanted to live to see like flying cars and some future shit, man. I don't want all this like orgy leather wearing bullshit. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then the other rest of the vampires are like, yeah, man. What? I mean, do we have to do this? <laughs> it's yeah, Jeff. If you, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Just keep being yeah. vampire. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Uh, The Dodgers won the big big game, the championship. They won it. And it might be this team's last because everybody could potentially have COVID. (laughs) Thanks Uh, to pitcher (laughs) What's-His-Face. Third nope. baseman. Uh, Earl Hershiser. Earl, yeah. Earl Hershiser. <laughs> Old Earl? <laughs> yeah. Earl, is it uh, Fernando Valenzuela? No. <laughs> Fernando Mania is real, man. <laughs> Anyways, the pitcher tested positive for COVID way late during the like third baseman <laughs> tested positive for COVID. I did my research. Then <laughs> uh, he get he got pulled out from the game. That's when they knew in the yeah. ninth inning. There, there's there's uh, yep. no part of me that that believes that somebody didn't know before the ninth inning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like somebody somewhere was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll get this." To the dog, this information of the Dodgers as quickly as possible, but I probably won't be able to do it until the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't let their star third baseman be, be yanked from the game in the deciding game of the World Series. I think he was out there celebrating uh, with everybody afterward. Oh, he was? Yeah. Ah, oh, Jeebus. Well, that, well, well actually, not I didn't at see first, that and then he came out later for the team picture and stuff. It was weird. Uh, okay. Uh. Well, yeah, well, yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't comment on that because I didn't actually see that much of it. But yeah, he, it wasn't like he immediately left the stadium. Well, I'm hoping that it's, you know, a case, one of those cases of a false positive. But I mean, if it isn't, then everybody's got to get retested like right away. Everybody's got to quarantine uh, and everybody's got to hope that they don't die. <laughs> well, so like statistically speaking, these guys are probably going to be okay, but there's just so many people involved with all this that, yeah, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still wondering if we're going to hear about 
um, like what happened in basketball, maybe even hockey, um, some months down the road where they find out that these, like, just them being out afterwards, like, is a super spreader event or something like that. Because basketball, they were all kissing the trophy. Oh, yeah. Same thing in hockey. They were drinking out of the Stanley Cup. Oh, God. I mean, they, were passing around guys. A, they were passing around to fans. Oh, no. Yeah. Ah, oh, Chibis H. And, I mean, it's one thing for, for teams that have been in the bubble. It's like, okay, th- I mean, it's still don't do that. You know, even <laughs> even without COVID, I was like, ugh, no. Yeah. But, yeah. And, like, no. are, you, are you going to tell me that all these guys are immediately just going to go back to their hotel rooms, call it a night? Like, I no, know, that's the thing. No. Is, I get it. I understand. Yeah. They're in their 20s, and they just yeah, want, they've like, been doing this for their entire life, trying to get to this moment, and they do it. I understand. doesn't mean it's right. It, yeah. I understand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't know. So. So hopefully he has a false. I'll, I'll, here, I'll be the naive person. Maybe they didn't know until the eighth inning or ninth inning, and they pulled him out as soon as they knew. Fine. But then they let him back out on the field. Unless we know later on that, oh, they did find out. They retested him or something as a false positive, and they let him back out for the celebration. I, uh, But I doubt that. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But baseball's done. Their 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 games are done, so they don't care anymore. Now go infect go infect your families. I guess they're saying <laughs> I don't know. So so yeah, the, it is a little bit interesting that so hockey and baseball like had to wildly adjust their what when their seasons normally end. Um, whereas baseball basically ended when it normally does, and football started when it, when it normally does. You meant hockey and basketball, right? What, yeah. Oh, sorry. What did I say? Baseball. Yeah, so baseball is like all set to just start spring training next year if they really wanted to. Yeah. Um, Whereas basketball, um, yeah, they're usually doing their version of spring training um, in October, not not finishing up the whole thing. Oh, yeah, the NHL season would have started already. Yeah, it is is kooky. Um, Kooky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Lend me your comb. There you go. Yeah. But I guess for both sports, it doesn't really matter when <laughs> when you play it because it's all indoors. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, right. sports. Dodgers win. L.A. Yep. Title Town. The Lakers. Because the, the COVID <laughs> year for Los Angeles. <laughs> Jesus. Yay. Um, all right. It's time for Neam News. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. Okay. So I've talked about. Uh, the last couple of weeks about uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and I finally finished it up and uh, yeah still enjoyed it uh, I think the some of the animation and some of the writing got better toward the end um, and I, I feel like it ended at a, at a good point uh, so I then jumped to the follow up series uh, which is Legend of Korra um, and I've been really impressed with this like they definitely stepped up their game with the animation. Um, mm-hmm. For starters, it's widescreen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so, the Avatar series started when regular TVs yeah, were still. Yeah, in the early aughts. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, the, the animation is great. Like they, like a lot of the the, the bending, the the fighting and stuff is a lot better um, overall in, in this series. Um, Plus, David Faustino. Huh? Who's he voice? I'm only I'm he, only like 
Bud Bundy. Don't spoil anything for me. No, it's not a spoiler because he's one of the first characters that Cora meets. He is the uh, tall, skinny brother. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, when I saw his name on the credits, I was like, what? <laughs> Good. Glad to see the guy. Guy got mm-hmm. some uh, decent work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> same thing as uh, Rufio. <laughs> uh, is the, the voice of um, Zuko. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of funny. Hey, Mako. And Egg. Egg is uh, Katara. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, anyways, Jeff, Jeff knows exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Shigatoshi. <laughs> but, but I think the thing I, I appreciate the most is um, just that the, I think when they, when they planned this all out and, and decided they want to do this and came up with the story and um, you know all, all the storyboarding and, and what the characters would look like and stuff, that they, they kept the original fans in mind. So all of the main characters are older. Um, I thought that was cool. It, it makes sense that you're you you still have something for your core audience that's, that's still for kids. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you still have new new viewership, but um, I appreciated that they didn't go back to a bunch of little kids again. Um, well, well, not little kids, but younger kids. Um, yeah, because core is like what nineteen twenty. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're all supposed to be teenagers. They don't, I don't know okay. if they really specify what the ages are, but they're definitely a lot older. Yeah. Cause in the first series, they're like 12, 13 years old, yeah, 13, like on the 14. younger end of the teens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying that. Um, and, uh, really the only thing, other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, was, you know, just in, in a, in a horrible year, uh, just some more bad news today. Uh, mm. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed yet again. Um, this time, 21 days from their, I believe it was November 17th, scheduled release date. Um, mm-hmm. So m- mid-December now. Um, it's i just been looking forward to this game since... Was it like April? <laughs> yes. Like yes, you have. The, the game that was supposed to restore balance to the forest. Uh, <laughs> it's been pushed back. Are you an back. angel? Yeah. And pushed back. And it's disappointed or dis- it's disappointing. Um, I, I mean, I get it. Um, I, you know, I'm not mad at developers or anything. They want to make the game good before they release it. Uh, I feel I, I, I feel legitimately feel bad for like their PR machine. <laughs> who mm-hmm. several times now has said, "No, no, no, no we promise. <laughs> this is the date. You can you can write it in pen. Like this, hundred percent. This this game will be released on this date." And then the devs keep coming back, going, uh, "We need some more time." Um, and and I get it, but uh, it just as somebody who's looking forward to it, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it for the next month. Um, I guess that'll give me more time with. Outer Worlds, which finally released on Steam. Um, I was really stubborn with that oh, one okay. because I wanted to, to play it on Steam. Um, I could have played it on the, the Epic Store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when it came out a year ago, like literally a year ago. Uh, but I was like, nah, I don't I don't need that. If it's not on Steam, I'm not playing it. 
<laughs> if it's not on Steam or through my Blizzard launcher, I'm not. I'm not playing it. <laughs> um, so I mean, you don't have an Origin account? I do because I fucked up and bought <laughs> um, like Dragon Age uh, Inquisition was on sale, and I got oh, my okay. new souped-up computer. I'm like, oh, I'll see what this is. Maybe throw some mods on there, have some fun with it. And then they they didn't they never like clearly state that oh you actually need an Origin account. Yeah. You launch it through Steam, but you still need the stupid Origin account. So I could have I could have had uh, <laughs> Outer Worlds all along. I guess I don't know. Uh, also, I, 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 I haven't put a ton of time in Outer Worlds. Um, I did when it originally came out. I, I put in like ten to fifteen hours. Um, mm. So I'm kind of getting back into that again. Uh, kind of like Fallout in space, basically. Uh, if, if if you want to be reductive with it. Uh yeah, I mean I played it. I beat the game. It's yeah. pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, it's. I, I originally got it for my Xbox, but I immediately recognized the fact that I need a mouse and keyboard for this. <laughs> even, uh, really? even if it wasn't really designed for mouse and keyboard, I was like, ah, I need a mouse and keyboard for this. So uh, I felt right it, at home with the I'm, controller. It played really well. Yeah, I'm. I'm I think I'm happier with, with this iteration. So. Hmm. Um, anyways, that's that's all I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to mention? Yeah, I want. I just beat uh, another game that's a quirky mashup of some genres that shouldn't work, but it does. Uh, it, it's a Japanese game called Thirteen Sentinels. It was. It, it's it's nuts the way they present the story. It's very unique. Like you have all these. Uh, you have of course it's called Thirteen Sentinels. So you have thirteen characters really, and and you follow their stories, but you can pick and choose which one of their stories you you view and then you get locked off through some event or you have to view another character's story in order to continue uh, another character's plot points uh but eventually you'll unlock all 13 characters and you have the freedom pretty much to to pick and choose which characters you want to go forward with uh, but when you play the story missions, there it, it's kind of like a point-and-click adventure, but without any of the like really <laughs> arbitrary or complicated puzzles. And it's more of like a choose-your-own-adventure. And on top of that, there's also this other like more like action, but RTS kind of tower defense gameplay mode where you're in the giant mechs. And it's all very, like, it's hard to describe. But once you start diving into the game and playing it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, like, I enjoyed my time with it. And uh, the way that the story is presented also, it's it's like it gives you pieces of it so that you have to rearrange, like, what's happening in your head. Like, you'll play one character story and then you'll play another character story. And it's like, oh, this is when that's the other side of this conversation or that that's another main character that's in the background. That's when this happened. And it, it's just like, <laughs> it's very, it's a, it's an odd duck that shouldn't work, but it does. Uh, I recommend it. Yeah, cool. Artwork. If you're very like a, a plot driven, if you like plot driven games, it's it's really good. What about the artwork? Oh, it's Vanillaware, so it's it's fantastic. It's all like, it, everything looks like it's an oil, hand painted oil painting it's it's amazing okay all right cool uh 13 sentinels uh anything else you want to talk about 
no, that's it for now. All right. Uh, Jeff, uh, before you go, uh, there was a bit of Marvel news that I forgot. Uh, I guess they tapped Oscar Isaac to play Moon Knight. Oh, shit. Really? They're going forward with the Moon Knight uh, TV show or movie? Well, well, it says series. I I haven't like I'm just looking at headlines here. Um, Series. So I I guess it would be for Disney Plus. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this because I mean, I'm fine with Oscar Isaac, but uh, I know nothing about Moon Knight. I've gotten hints from just reading others like people talk about the MCU in general and, and some of my friends. Um, talk about it, that he's supposed to be like a major character um, or really powerful anyway. But I know nothing about this character. So <laughs> I'm, go- I'm coming in fresh. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I wanted to mention. Or the only other thing I wanted to mention. So, Jeff. Oh, uh, yeah. Moon Knight is coming out. Uh, direct starring uh, Oscar Isaac. Nice. <laughs> that was, that was my news. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my only news item I had, uh, other than Mandalorians coming out in a couple days from when we're recording this, and probably less than that by the time you hear this. So, do, are, Jeff, do you know if they're doing what they did originally, if I remember correctly, which is you get one episode a week? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're released for every Friday. Um, they may skip one or something if it hits a holiday. Because if they're going to do eight episodes like last time, this will take <laughs> us right. They do the Mandalorian holiday special. <laughs> well, it's actually that's another piece of news. Uh, but eight yeah. weeks will take us right to Christmas, so they may skip an episode or two, or maybe do a double. I'm, I'm not sure, but as far as mm-hmm. I know, it's once a week, releasing midnight. Um, so if you stay up late on Thursdays, you can watch it. I did that a couple times last year, and I might do it this year. Um, but yeah, that's the other thing. I wasn't going to talk about it because I don't know much, but they're making a Lego Star Wars Lego holiday special. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about this. So, uh, do, do you have anything to add, Alex? I don't know much of the details other than that's happening. Yeah, me either. Okay. Like, I wonder like, if, if they brought uh, Phil Lord and Frank Miller to direct. I Frank Miller? <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so are they? So is this a an original thing, or are they going like to remake the original Star Wars special holiday special? I I, I don't know. <laughs> I doubt yeah. that, but I'm sure they'll take some the essence of it. Maybe they'll take it. Maybe it's a Wookiee thing, like Sheik, and that's where <laughs> that's it. Like okay, yeah, we settled that. Um, I don't know the time frame. Like they'll probably make it now with the newer characters, and I want and. Just because maybe you can get voices for from Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley and Boyega and stuff, but I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, not Boyega. Oh, so you, <laughs> he's, upset? Yeah, he's done. Oh, yeah, he is completely done. They all say they're done until they're not. Mm, he's done. <laughs> no, really? whatever. Is, is he like that? Why? He just did not have a good, racially speaking, in his words, in a very detailed interview, he did not have a very good experience. With with fans or with the company? A little of both. Wow. I'm just saying, but yeah, his experience was not uh, delightful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Droid, please. Yeah, wow, got real quiet. <laughs> Sorry to drop that matzo ball on you. Um, 
I was gonna say so. That's, that's all fast. my news reviews. Uh, nothing new. I've been uh, playing this the Star Wars game, and it's, I've kind of lost steam on it because it's the same kind of levels over and over again. Just fly around and shoot down ships, but it's still fun. Just you want a plot driven movie, a game. This is not that. <laughs> Just fly a spaceship <laughs> and shoot stuff down. Um, did did, mm-hmm. did Laura give you twenty dollars to go play Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> go play Star Wars. And then when I also have time to kill, I've been like I mentioned, keep playing Dark Knight. Dark with the Arkham Knight. The, the latest one that came out on the Xbox. Um it's already like five years old. That's the one I've been playing. Mm-hmm. I love that love those games. I'll just play them every once in a while because uh, that's fun being Batman and killing not killing. Not killing people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Punching them in the face and breaking just, their necks. They're really, they're really tired. They're, he's yeah. taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Holmes. So yeah, that's all my stuff. Good old Pete Holmes. All, all right. right, it sounds like we're uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, be sure to check us out on Patreon.com at Hans Shot First. Check out quotes from Springfield. Uh, I believe a new episode just went out today. Um, Bart gets hit by a car. Is that the one, Alex? Yeah. Spoilers. Oh. Mm. No, that's the name of the episode. Okay. <laughs> they have it like in giant letters in the first five seconds of the show. Bart gets hit by a car, and then he gets hit by a car. That sounds like it's an always, always sunny Philadelphia thing. Bob, I won't get hit by a car. And <laughs> yeah. Bart gets hit by a car. <laughs> the one where D gets set on fire. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, check it out. And uh, I will get a Mandalorian episode out there next week after I watch it. So look forward to that. Or yeah. stay tuned for that. You don't have to look forward to it, but stay tuned for it. Yeah, look forward to it. We might. Yeah. It's going to be going, well, it's not as good as season one. <laughs> it's going to be better than 10 Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. Fucking old Baby Yoda's now is, now is star of the show real cool. It's yeah. better when he was just sell out. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Yoda sold out. So. All right. Thanks for listening out there. Uh, stay safe as always. Put your mask on and avoid the fires and be nice yeah. to people. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Right, trick happy or treat safely. Yeah, yeah. drive through drive through trick or treats. Be excellent to each other. And mm-hmm. for heaven's sake, don't smell anyone's feet. <laughs> yeah, don't. Just All give right. me something good to eat. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Littering and littering, <laughs> littering and, and littering and uh, littering, littering and, and uh, smoking the reefer. <laughs>